Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Starting to show off with a cop. Sorry about that. FST Thursday edition. Good to be here with George Kurtz. My main man going around the world in the NFL playoffs. So, obviously a lot on the docket today, George. Interviews abound. Heard Dan Strafford's update just now. Adam Gase did interview, is interviewing with the Jets. I do think there's something there. I know you said it's a hard sell, but I actually think there's something there. And I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. And Kevin Stefanski's interview moved up to Thursday with the Browns. They're trying to maybe catch lightning in a bottle with what he was able to do with the Vikings offense after John Filippo was fired. So um, a lot going on really in the coaching wrangling. I would expect you'll start to hear some announcements probably after the playoff games, like starting Monday. I think you'll, you may start to hear some buzz about who's going where. Um, but, you know, before we, we'll get into this now, but obviously we'll get into the games a little bit too. The spreads are pretty tight on a couple of these games. Uh, and I heard you and Scotty talking the last hour about all kinds of different playoff formats. So fantasy football season was thought to, I think in the past, George, was thought to have ended in week 17. But I think with the onset of DFS and these playoff formats be get, becoming more popular, it gives us a lot more to do and to talk about here for the next month. Absolutely. Uh, as Scotty and I discussed about this, so many different types of fantasy playoff leagues you can play in. No matter what you want to do, you know there's some, there's some for everybody. All you got to do is uh, look for it, and you'll be able to play if, uh, if that's your thing. And uh, I used to I be in that IDP it. league, by the way. I heard you talking about it. I used to be. Oh, in I never, I've never been in that. I would love. It's I, fun. I love IDP. I it's really fun. Think and, IDP leagues. And I never won it. And I it, there was, must have been like a couple of years in a row where I finished top three. There's a lot of people in it. There's like 50 guys in it, and. Uh, I must have finished top three a couple of years in a row, and then I just somehow fell off the email list, or maybe I didn't do it for a year. But it is a lot of fun, especially because I think that's like a, a two-and-done format. So you could use, like, do you use Jalen Smith twice because you think they're going to win? You really have to map that out. And most easily, that's exactly how I do. Uh, you have to map that. You have to reseed everything, see who's going to go on here. And you have to trust your uh, your rankings. I do that whenever I in any playoff league, whether it's baseball, I agree. hockey, football. I always map out, and I'm going to trust the way I mapped it out. Hey, if I'm wrong and everything, the teams that have gone to the Super Bowl lose their first game, all right, such is life. You move on to the next year. You're not going to be right all the time. But if, this is not, in my mind, this is a sprint. You know, where the, uh, the regular season is more of a marathon, especially in the, uh, the longer leagues. This is a sprint. I'm going to trust uh, what I believe, which I'll, I'll tell you this, Mike. It's a problem this year because I don't know if I believe anything. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Look, two of these games right now are one-point spreads, and that's without the major movement that generally comes as we get closer to the weekend. 
if that Houston Texans line stays at minus one, I'd probably be surprised. I bet you the money comes in on Andrew Luck and the Colts spread gets down gets it down to a pick'em. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some Russell Wilson money come in and got that down to a pick'em. Now one is close enough, but it wouldn't surprise me if people bet on the quarterbacks in those two games. Well, the money coming in will be on the Cowboy money. That's, That's true. Public happens. money is cowboy money. Yeah. Right. Cowboy money is always, Steelers money is always big. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the teams that have a huge following. That's where the money's coming from. So yeah. the, Russell Wilson's money won't be enough to offset that. I think that spread might actually get higher for that reason. That's possibly uh, true, all, yeah. yeah. People get all upset about spreads. They, I don't think a lot of people understand how it works. All right. All Vegas cares about is getting a middle line of where the money yep. is. It's all they want to do. You know, they're not trying to tell you which team is better. That's not what this is about at all. It's where the yeah. money's coming from. And that's yeah, where and the they Cowboys don't want to be overweight. They don't want to be no. overweight one side. They, you know, it's funny. You, you read a lot of, like, Vegas updates. If you follow, like, an ESPN chalk or you follow some other, like, VSIN or some other sites, they'll t- like, the sports books are always crying in their beer after they get hammered after a big game because the public was overweight Dallas and Dallas covered the sports will tell you how much they got killed. Now they're building new buildings out there every day, George. So I'm not crying in there, before <laughs> them, but, but it is kind of funny how they, they talk about being overweight. The public side was heavy on Notre Dame. So they cleared big money when Clemson covered easily The the Notre, the, like for example, those games took in a lot of money, obviously the college football playoff semifinal games, um, and the public side, I was reading all kinds of it, was Notre Dame, to your point about popular teams, was Notre Dame money line. So you were getting good odds if you were betting Notre Dame money line. Now they lost by 27 points, so your, your money got flushed down the toilet. But I, you made a good point about the public money. It, it's just funny, though. That's all, all, you only hear when Vegas loses big. The 99.9% of, of the time they win big, oh, they, don't, they don't tell you that. Oh, but you, you know when never you hear big. As you mentioned, they're building buildings out there all the time. I think they're doing okay. Yeah, they're doing all right. I'm going out to Vegas uh, after the Super Bowl, the week after the Super Bowl for uh, nice. uh, some work stuff. Four nights, George. Uh, it'll be my longest stay in my my uh, my lifetime uh, in Vegas. So I'll be out there for a few days, and I'm sure I'll check out the sports books and all that kind of stuff. It'll be mostly college basketball going on by that point, but uh, it still could be, be fun. Hockey, Mike. Uh, yeah, speaking of, I was watching, you know, I, I never got a chance to watch this documentary, and I recently got a Roku device just for Christmas, so I hooked it up, and I was look, uh, flipping back through ESPN docs, and I fell asleep, but I watched uh, basically the first half of Big Shot, which was the John Spano Islanders documentary <sighs> that was done by Kevin Connolly. Really? I know. You got to bring this up to me, Mike. <laughs> yeah, but it's really interesting. It's a joke, but it's interesting. It, it, how he's how he was able to pull that off for those who don't I mean, know. He just lied. He bought the Islands with, with no. With, he bought the Islands with no money. <laughs> he really bought the Islands with no money. Great background check by the uh, NHL there, guys. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> he went to Fleet Bank in Boston and they lent him eighty million dollars. He was worth, according to the FBI, a couple of hundred thousand. That's what his net worth was. 
Uh, uh, great job. Just a fantastic job. That's when the Islanders were really? just a complete mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Gordon's yeah, Fisherman I, uh, jerseys. I kind of like the Gordon's Fisherman jersey. It was the uh, <laughs> he was on acid. Are, it was the Gordon's Fisherman on acid. Small, a small minority of people that like the Gordon's he looked, Fisherman. He's like jersey. looked like an angry old man. It was great. Uh, Stan Fischler. Just, people said he looked Stan, like Stan yes, Fischler. Yes, Stan Fischler on acid works too. Yeah, uh, that's funny. It's oh, the Islanders. What a what a mess! But uh, yeah, Mike yeah. Cardano right now is spinning in uh in his chair. Why are they talking hockey? <laughs> it was just it's a really interesting documentary. Anyway, um, let's uh so to back to a couple of milestones that we reached this season. Um, how many teams, George, would you guess made the playoffs that were not in the playoffs last year? Well, it's usually five, right? Isn't that the magic number here? Uh, five. Let's see. One, two, they made it. They made it. Three, I got three from the NFC. Yep. They made it. I don't remember about Houston actually. Four, five. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say half. It might be seven. But I'm gonna say half. It is seven. Baltimore, is. Chicago, Dallas, Houston. Houston was the one team I wasn't sure about. Uh, the Chargers and Seattle. Remember, Deshaun Watson got hurt last year. It all fell apart. That's right. After he got Four hurt. And so. Um, Chargers in Seattle, so that's the seven. Uh, both the Chicago Bears and Houston Texans completed worst to first turnarounds, and at least one team has won its division the season after finishing in or tied for last place in 15 of the past 16 seasons. So um, 2018 marked the second consecutive season that two teams went from worst to first. Last year it was Jacksonville and Philly, something that has never happened in any other major U.S. sport. Now, obviously, the divisions are only four teams deep, so it creates a little less friction as you're rising from worst to first. But, um, you know, what was pretty interesting in, in some of the stats I was looking over, competitiveness, competitiveness highlighted, this is according to the NFL, the 2018 regular season as 73 games, George, were decided by three points or fewer. That's the most in a season in NFL history. While 68% of all games played this season were within one score, eight points, in the fourth quarter, tied for the third most in, in, in a season in NFL history. And on 71 occasions of the 175 that were that tight, teams came back to win or tie after trailing in the fourth quarter or overtime, an average of 4.2 teams per, per week, which is the second most in NFL history. And I, I think it all goes to tell you, and it's something that we've known for a while, it's why the league gets such big ratings. People sometimes yearn for old-school dynasties and champions like the Niners or the Giants. By the way, there is currently one in play with the Patriots. They're in the playoffs every year, and they get to the Super Bowl a lot. So, But the parody is, I think, always going to be the selling point. And you can talk about all the other outside influences that were causing ratings to dip. But the reality is ratings were back up. It's super competitive league, and everybody's got a shot. There were 15 teams still alive for the playoffs in week 17, and 12 are in. And in week fifth, in week 16, there are even more. So you, you've got a shot almost every year. Well, it's what the NFL wants. They want their parity. They want everyone involved. There's at least as many teams as possible involved. You're always going to have your bad teams that aren't involved. But that's uh, what the NFL wants. You know, it was like the ratings dip in 16 really probably was more towards the uh, the presidential race than all that was. was going on there because it's come back up with a vengeance the past two years. So uh, the NFL is fine. 
I Thursday night ratings are on fire. The Thursday night ratings this year were on fire. That was the really noticeable trend. Um, and it was partly due to improving the games, but also its availability on other devices, too. Yeah, I don't think the NFL game itself was anywhere near as good as it used to be. I mean, uh, the hard hits are uh, taken out. You, you yeah. can't touch the quarterback. Uh, the hits on the receiver, defenseless receiver is a joke. They've pretty much fixed the catch rule. So, hey, good for them there. And they fixed one problem. Uh, yeah. That wasn't as big a, uh, a problem this what's year weird as it is was like, last year. What's weird is, like, they fixed it by not just not messing with it. They right. messed with it so much beforehand. It was like the Jesse James thing. I, I'm glad. Like, the Jesse James thing, I, I wasn't happy about it at the time. But it fixed something that they all knew was ridiculous. Like, we, really? We're taking this down to a thousandth of a second to see if the ball moved? a blade of grass or under his hand. And it was a totally ridiculous overturn. And I think it finally got people at the table to be like, why don't we just stop doing this? Just he caught it and let's move on. Well, they finally went to common sense. Yeah. I mean, really, it was, I never understood uh, with the NFL with the catch rule, why it was different for a receiver going into the end zone than it was a running back. Yeah. Catches the ball two feet down, ball crosses, it plays dead. Right. Well, who cares if he comes down, if, he, if he's tackled? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for a running back. Once he runs in there, he wants the ball across the plane, it plays over. Yeah, yeah look what happened to Saquon Barkley the other day with the Superman a, thing. The tip of the ball got over, and it was still a touchdown. I thought, uh, I'd, uh, I thought I had a great line for that. Remember, was it Lou Dobbs from Major League? I could see yep. Lou Dobbs being uh, seeing Barkley on the sideline. <laughs> great play, Saquon. <laughs> Don't ever freaking do it again. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's it's dangerous. You saw what happened to Lamar Jackson where he did the same thing later on uh, that day, yeah. and he ended up fumbling. He didn't cross the line. So, yeah. uh, And I think uh, one of Barkley's line mates uh, had, had a great line as well. You, you didn't like just walking in because it was wide open. <laughs> there was, they had a great hole there. How about just yeah. walking in next time? Uh, so that, that was funny as well. But yeah. uh, yeah, I, I, the NFL and some of their rules are so convoluted. You know, I understand in this day and age – and a lot of this is because of the concussion lawsuit. Yeah, and that's why you see this in all sports, by the way, as well. Hockey has the same problem now, where they have to look like they're taking action to avoid, you know, a billion-dollar lawsuit down the line. I get that. But, you know, it's football. And you, you have to be able to hit people. You just have to be able to hit people. And for these games to be changed on these ticky-tack calls, these roughing the passer calls. I mean, Tom Brady got one against him the other uh, well, I guess before him, because the, uh, the Jeff defender pushed him. Pushed him and he fell yeah. to the ground. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, really? Are you kidding me? You yeah. know, and somebody's hits on uh, receivers over the middle where it's the shoulder. Taps on shoulder. The, hel- the taps on the helmet are, are, are silly. It's a joke. Uh, it's a at joke. At times, too. You know, like a guy, a defender is coming through. He's fighting a 315 pound offensive lineman and his hand grazes the top of the helmet and it's a hit to the head and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I think I, I think th- you're right that the sport, the, the sport is overregulated. Um, but what really came to mind, and I, I noticed this, look, it, it's been this way for a while, and how close games are and, and all that kind of stuff, but what I really noticed, and it was earlier this year when the Steelers played Tampa. The Steelers were blowing them out. And then Fitz comes back, and he starts throwing the ball all over the place. And there was a couple of, the Steelers got a ton of penalties in the second half. And it was pass interference penalties, which were questionable, and all this other kind of stuff. And it made what was a blowout game. I think they were up like they were up must have been twenty-seven to three or something like that at halftime. And it ended up being a three-point finish. 
it made me realize that no game in the NFL now is safe. And that's definitely the way they want it. But it makes me yearn a little bit for when games were, you know, you're in the bag when you have a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. It's not even close to over now. And you saw it, it, it bit the Steelers almost that game. But it did later in the season when the Chargers came from behind, 16-point comeback in the second half. It's the first time in the Steelers' entire franchise history that they blew a 14-point lead at home. So that is what I started to think about over the course of the year. No lead is safe in the NFL. We saw it in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and it continues. I think it's just something that you. it takes me, being a little bit older, and you and I are the same age, basically, um, it, it takes me still a little bit of getting used to that leads aren't safe. There are too many penalties in the, in the NFL. I, I think I'm speaking for everybody here. I think even the NFL knows there are too many penalties. It's yeah. not what the fans want to see. And not that, listen, a legitimate penalty is, is a penalty. I have no problem with that. I'll leave you with two things. Uh, I, I ref men's hockey league. I've been doing it for 20, 25 years. And I'm a believer when I call a penalty that my hand doesn't go up that's a penalty. When you put your hand up, that's the penalty. That's the, uh, the equivalent of throwing a flag. The, my hand only goes up to call a penalty when I can't stop it, when it's that obvious. You know, it's a penalty. There's nothing I can do about it. If I have to think about it, it shouldn't be a penalty, and I think that's the way the NFL ref should look at it. If you have to think about it, don't call it, because then even you're not sure. Well, you know, look like well, – no, then let it go. Let it go. And my second thing is this. Should roughing the passer and or pass interference – should that be reviewable? I think it would slow the game down so much. Well, would it? Because you'd only have a certain, you still only have a certain amount of reviews. Yeah. You know, you're, um, you're not getting any. I'm not giving you any extra reviews. Would you review like, you pass at, interference on both sides of it when they didn't call it, and you want you say he tripped him, and you guys missed it, and I'm gonna throw this challenge flag? I think you can only be that? if they do call it, not if they don't. Yeah. Well, the problem with this is. I mean, I think you know, there would be very few instances where you would say, okay, uh, going back to the Pittsburgh Saints game, where Joe Hayden got one, like, he didn't touch the guy. Yeah. That's an easy one to over say, oh, that was, that was a terrible call. But I think in most cases, you're not going to be able to overrule it anyway. I think that's the problem. Yeah. And, yeah. But the spot foul is, you know, it's become a, an offensive weapon to get the spot foul by just throwing a jump ball and getting a pass interference penalty. We'll come back. We'll talk about more positive stuff. We'll talk about the games. Mike and George on FST. We'll be right back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decisions. They let an eagle fly through the stadium after the anthem, and it landed yeah. like on a fan's head. Oh, really? Those talents could go right through your skull. Then it took off because the guy sort of freaked out, so the eagle then landed. A Notre Dame fan stuck his arm out. Awesome, awesome. It was a big bird, man. It was oh, a no, big eagles, eagle. eagles kill things. Dude, like, imagine if an eagle landed on your shoulder in a football game and just I, started, like, attacking your head. I, I would sue the hell out of the NCAA, man. Oh, yeah. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hi, I'm 
monkey further. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. They need your help to survive. Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, we can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve. Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rock it out on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us on FST, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, which is free to download, free to listen. You have us on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio, all across the country. All across the world, George. Talking fantasy football. And rocking out, thanks to Chris Bavona producing. So, uh, appreciate you all joining us this morning. And the DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf. Do you go Data or Data Golf, George? If I, if I gave you the word D-A-T-A, how are you pronouncing it? I probably change on this uh, data data because I, I probably I think I use. I go both. back and forth. Yeah, I go back and forth too. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DK. That's DraftKings ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities, and simulator. Outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, and then PGA Pro Tip, Subscriber Chat, and more. So go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and choose choose Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for as 1-9 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, then click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. I just I like to say one nine to make sure you know nineteen isn't the word. It's golf nineteen, but it's just the numbers one nine. So just to clarify there. So one last stat before we get into and I'm, I got a whole mess of milestones and stuff uh, that happened this year. We can dive into it uh, again a, a little bit tomorrow, maybe even later this show. But this year was the most touchdowns in a single season in NFL history: thirteen hundred and seventy-one touchdowns, which bested the 2013 season by by a good margin by 33 touchdowns so that's a pretty good margin right there that um it bested the 2013 season by 2013 season is still the most points in nfl history so obviously a lot more field goals back then and all that good stuff so all right um let's dive into the games a little bit i heard you talking about playoff rankings and such and, and that's always something to get into i'm looking at davis maddox rankings here davis maddox is new to uh, the sports grid family. So you'll find his articles on Roto Experts right now. But uh, to get into the games, you talked about that first spread. Uh, that first spread a while back, Colts Texans. It's a minus one right now. Texans favored. That's a forty nine total, which is by a good margin the 
highest total on the board this weekend. The others are in the 42 and 41 range. But as far as rankings come in, <coughs> Pat Mahomes, excuse me, this is the rest of the season rankings, but <coughs> for this weekend, the number one guy on the board, according to Davis Maddock, is Russell Wilson slightly ahead of Andrew Luck. So what are your thoughts there? Do you have Andrew Luck higher, lower? Do you think Who do you think has the best performance at QB? Uh, is it Andrew Luck or is it somebody else? No, I think Luck's the man you want this weekend if you're going yeah. quarterback. Uh, Houston, very good defense, very good run defense, but their secondary can be beat. Yeah, uh, that, that, it's been their bugaboo all season long. So, yeah, Luck's the man I want. Plus, I think uh, Houston's going to uh, I think they'll lock down Marlon Mack, Hines, Wilkins, who's ever running the ball there. So I think Indianapolis is going to be forced to throw the ball in this game. Now, that was an interesting thing about that team later in the year, and it, it came back to bite me in one league because I'd, I'd kept Marlon Mack and then cut him all the way back in September. It came back to bite me when I needed him at the end of the year, and he actually uh, contributed to knocking me out of the playoffs in that one league, but they had been pretty good running the ball, particularly with Marlon Mack. So you don't see any chance of success here for him? Well, I mean, there's always a chance he runs in a touchdown, right? Or catches yeah. the ball yeah. on the flat and gets a touchdown here. But I think if you're, uh, if you're you know, playing a little DFS, you probably want to look in another direction here. Yeah. I think if you're playing in one of those leagues that are one and done, uh, I'm not using Mac. Uh, I don't like Melvin Gordon this little week either in one and done leagues because same thing. I don't like I don't like the matchup here. I don't think you're gonna gonna like what you get out of Mac here. But then again, like I said, would a 18 yard touchdown reception in the flat shock me? No, I think that's where his value will come. Yeah, really good close to the end of the season for Marlon Mack. He had two 100 yard games in the last three games that he played. It includes the week 17. Somebody out there did play week 17 matchups as evidenced by the call. We got a bunch of calls on the Sunday morning show that people that were still playing. So I, I was, it, it never ceases to amaze me that there are still a lot of people out there playing in those week 17 formats. But uh, Marlon Mack, five touchdowns in the last four games and two 100-yard games in the last three. On the other side of the ball, look, this is part of the reason why I don't like them so much as a playoff team because they can become so one-dimensional with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, it, it, it still works for them because he's so damn good. But uh, I just get concerned about their ability to be a little bit more balanced, not just run versus pass, but also within the passing game. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit too much on DeAndre Hopkins' shoulders. But do you think now also – they took 62 sacks this year, most in the NFL. So Watson got beat up a ton. Now, the Colts' defense has been a top-10 defense, which is unusual for them. But do you think they can generate enough pass rush to make it messy for Watson? Uh, well, you know, Watson sometimes has – he'll take the hits, which is strange than when he runs. He doesn't always protect his body all that well here. Uh, now, the problem is he may have to take that extra second because he's looking for Hopkins over and over again. I mean, the game plan for Indianapolis should be pretty simple, right? Take Hopkins out. Yeah. Force Watson to – you want to run the ball with Miller? Good luck there. You want to throw the ball to anybody else? No, Demarius Thomas, right? He's gone. Kiki Cutie may be there, maybe not. Who cares really if he is there? Not like he's a game-breaking player here. You're going to go with, uh, what, Vincent Smith, one of these other guys there, uh, DeAndre Carter. Nobody's worried about these guys. So the game plan for Indianapolis is really pretty simple. Do everything you can – you can't stop Hopkins, but you can keep him in check. He can't catch 12 balls for 167 yards. It's really that here. Uh, they, they're they're one-dimensional here. 
It's Hopkins and Watson's running ability. So, yeah, I think they can because I think it'll be a pretty easy game plan. And mainly because I think they're going to rush the quarterback where, hey, if we see Miller get the ball, we'll stop him on the way to getting Watson. Because Miller's not – he's not Ezekiel Elliott. He's not Barkley Gurley, a game-breaker at this point in his career, or even if he ever was. So I think he's sort of an afterthought. That passing game is first and foremost on the Colts' defensive minds. Yeah, um, I'm just seeing where they, who would you guess, by the way, I'm, I'm looking up the sack totals for uh, Indianapolis and Houston right now. Indianapolis ranked all the way down at 19. Houston ranked at number 11, uh, 38 sacks for Indianapolis, 43 for Houston. This is defensively. Who would you guess led the league in sacks this year? It was a tie. This is two teams. Well, what teams, not player? Teams, yeah. Teams. What team led the league in sacks? I actually have no clue. Um, I know Aaron Donald at the league, so it's kind of easy to go with the Rams here. You yeah, bring this up when we're talking about Indianapolis rush, and Houston. I'm sorry because so I was, was looking at their I was looking at their sack totals because 38 so, to 43, and I just I figured I'd throw in a trivia question. You gotta keep you on your toes, so, George. I, I appreciate that. You always did, Mike. You always love your little trivia <laughs> questions that I get like one of five correct. Uh, you <laughs> bastard. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Chicago. Close. They are 50. The two teams that tied are the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have 52 sacks each. The Steelers, I, I knew, uh, generated a lot of pass rush, but when I was looking up the stats the other day. I was surprised to see that the Chiefs, as much as we beat up their defense, they do generate pass rush. Now, it's probably in part because they were putting up some leads, right? You can just pin your ears back and you know, whatever, let the chips fall where they may, but you can generate sacks when you're holding on to 14-point leads. It also means the opposing team has to pass the ball 40 times a game. Exactly right. Therefore, there are more chances, probably holding on to the ball longer, too, because you're looking for deeper passes, chunk yards to get back into these games. So, yes, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs makes a ton of sense here. And Pittsburgh's almost the same way. Had a lot of leads as well, especially earlier on the season before things Went off the track, Mike. They really did go off the track, too, George. You don't have to remind me. So, uh, all right. So, yeah. So, right now, how do you see this game? This is a one-point spread. I feel like I, I, I don't want to get swept up in the Andrew Luck Colts thing. I just feel like they're a better all-around team right now. As impressive as Houston's win streak was, the Colts' win streak was equally impressive. They were a one and five team that are sitting here at ten and six. So they're as hot as anybody in the whole league. Captain Luck, baby. Captain Luck. I'm on Indy. I think they win this game. I think uh when you break it down by position, what position would you take Houston over Indianapolis? The only one I can think of was defensive line. Right, yeah. defensive line. That's it. Other than that, it's either even or Indianapolis wins here. So uh, I think uh, Indianapolis is a better overall team. I think they're playing better. As long as uh, Luck is not doing anything stupid, like jump passes at the goal line that he throws to the other team in that Tennessee game, is the only reason the Titans even yeah. had, got back in that game. It was just a yeah. bad decision by Luck there. I think yes, they're the was. better team here. I think Luck's going to pick them apart in the secondary. Yeah. Um, do you think that the fact that Josh McDaniels turned down the job was a huge blessing in disguise for this team long term. And Frank Wright came in as a coach. Uh, they would have been equally successful with McDaniels. I mean, I think it's more on luck. I mean, I like what the job Frank Reich has done. I like the fact that he's 
He's ballsy. He's got guts. He does. He's not afraid to. He is. You think about it. People forget, and they think, oh, you know, Houston beat him once. Well, you know, they really didn't beat him. They beat him because it was deep in overtime, and rather than punt the ball, which would have more than likely led to a tie in that game, Reich right. went for it on fourth and one at his own 40 and didn't make it. You know, that's why that game ended. In a, uh, that's why Houston won because they had a very short field. I didn't beat him up over that, by the way. I was fine with it. No, me either. I, I have no pro- I mean, listen, it's fourth and 17. We'll talk. Anything less. I have no problem in football in this day and age of not giving the football back. I think you have to do that more and more. I truly do. So I have no problem with that at all. I think it also sort of galvanized this team. You heard the yeah. players all back me after the game. Andrew Luck uh, specifically. Oh, no, we like it. We're playing for the win. I think they, they appreciate that. Put the ball in their hands. Give the, give the players a chance to win. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that and was uh, – I have no problem with that. Granted, I'll tell you the reality. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it. it. <laughs> I wouldn't you have wouldn't done, have done it. it. I'd have kicked the ball. And that, at my own 40, yeah, maybe 10 more yards at the 50, but I'd have played it safe there. In a divisional game, I'd have taken the tie. I understand, but the reality is when you and I obviously deal in probability a lot because we're talking about fantasy sports, when you punt that ball, you have a 0% chance to win that game. It goes down to 0. 1%, maybe you have a fumbled snap, or uh, you have to pick it off with Watson coming back the other way, and Houston's going to throw it, so obviously I can't say 0% because Houston's going to have to throw the ball to get it down the field to try to kick the field goal. There really wasn't much time. I want to say there was maybe under two minutes, but... um, you're in the single but digits I, win probability. Yeah, I, but I, I didn't really have a problem with it. I understand. Now, the upside is, and something you always have to calculate, um, whether you do it specifically or uh, to some back-of-the-envelope math, if you miss it, their chance of winning skyrockets. You've put them in a position to basically kick a field goal already. So um, I understood it, and you're right, uh, there's a – Maybe in that moment I would have, uh, but I remember watching that. I'm watching it on Red Zone, and I was like, you know, I don't really have a huge problem with this. Fourth and one, you got Andrew Luck, you know, whole deal. Anyway, uh, let's go to the next game. Uh, Hawks-Cowboys, that game right now at one, as you stated earlier. The public will probably get in on this and maybe push it a little bit higher. But, um, yeah, maybe if you're if you're backing the Seahawks, maybe you want to wait on this for the public money to to flow in. But forty two yes. and a half is the total. By the way, uh, over under on the Colts Texans at forty nine. It's a lot of points. I like it though. I think I think that was the one game that might go over. Trying to think what this would be. Twenty seven twenty four. Yeah, basically. That's pretty much what you're looking at there. Uh, yeah. You know. At least we saw it in the, uh, the Indianapolis-Tennessee game. And this is why I kind of like overs in one-and-done games, where if you lose, the t- your team's done. Because once you start to trail, you're going to start taking some chances. Indianapolis did. They're turning the ball over left and right. I'm sorry, Tennessee was trailing, and they're turning the ball over left and right, which led to yeah. easy points for Indianapolis. I think I said the same thing uh, on the, uh, the Saturday show, the Sunday show. Where I, that's why I liked uh, the over here, because I expect mistakes to happen. And I think the same thing here. I think once one of these teams is far behind, they'll take more chances, fumbles, turnovers, short fields for the other team. I'm not loving the over, mind you. I loved it on Sunday night. I don't love it here. But I think yeah. if I had to go one way or the other, I'm going the over. Okay, so Hawks-Cowboys, this one's 42-and-a-half right now, minus one uh, Cowboys favored. So um, Davis Maddock has Russell Wilson as his top-ranked uh, QB uh, for this week at least. And... 
what are your thoughts here now? Uh, you're a Cowboys fan, obviously. They've played really good football. You can take all the shots you want at Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan, and now Dak isn't the guy you really want him and to Lord be. Lord knows I will. Right. But they were 3-5, and five, and now they're 10-6. and six. So I'm as impressed as anybody. They're on the same type of win streak that the Colts are on. Colts may be a little bit more impressive, but nonetheless, 10-6 and six going up against the Seahawks, which was a really interesting team going into the year because I thought a lot of people were doubting them, and I wasn't. I thought they did a pretty good job of backfilling the defensive talent on this team. There's a lot of young, high-draft-pick defenders on this team now, and while there isn't, while Bobby Wagner is still the face of it, it's Bobby freaking Wagner. He's awesome. So they've gone old school, but old school still attracts me in playoff matches. So how do you see this playing out? I think it's a game. Uh, now, first, if you're, gonna bet, if you're betting on Seattle in this game, I'd wait. I think you'll get a better line as the, uh, as the game draws closer when the Texas money gets in there. So I would definitely wait uh, on that. As for the game itself, I think this is a... Uh, I think Garrett's going to go back to playing by the book Garrett, which scares the life out of me. You know, fourth and two, we're punting no matter where. You're not going to take any chances. I think that's the way Garrett's going to go. I think he plays. I think he does that sometimes just because he doesn't want to hear criticism. Oh, no, had the punt on fourth and two. You know, and that's what the book says. Everybody punt. You know, that's a, he's, he's coaching from 20 years ago sometimes. I think he'll start doing that again unless Dallas is trailing here. Other than that, I think both teams are very similar. They're going to run, run, run. They're gonna, this game can be played in two and a half hours. Because that's what both teams want to do, run and eat the clock. Uh, I think this comes down to a mistake. A mistake could be a fumble, turnover. It could be a, one of those 15-yard penalties uh, on a player in the secondary that extends drives. I think it's a, a 2017 game somewhere around there. I, I can tell you one thing. That's, if I'm a Cowboy fan, and I am, that would scare the life out of me, is I would not want this game to come down to any Brett Mayer field goal attempt. All right, this guy looks shaky on extra points. He was shaky last week in Giant Stadium in a game that didn't mean anything. Now, granted, kicking uh, at home, indoors, should help here. And he can kick the ball 60 yards. He can kick it far. But you have no idea where that ball is going half the the time. That is what would scare me the most here is if it came down to a kick. Yeah, both teams uh, won tight games last week. Hawks against Arizona. Dallas, for some reason, playing as hard as they can all the way to the end against the New York Giants. Uh, Seattle, to your point about a mistake, George, they led the league in the turnover differential this year, plus 15 for the Hawks this year. They averaged 160 yards rushing per game and had the best turnover turnover differential, too. So in a tight game, I like them more than I like the Cowboys. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about the other games this weekend right after this. I like the Hawks. George is a Cowboys fan. Who do you think he's going to pick? We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. 
Were you scammed into signing a timeshare contract? And did you miss the part that said you have to pay for your great idea? Not only for the rest of your life, but when you're not here anymore, you get to pass this turkey onto your family for them to pay for the rest of their lives. Thanks, Dad. Don't burden your family down the road, and don't be stuck with expensive timeshare payments forever. Get out of your bad idea, timeshare contract, guaranteed, or pay nothing. Call Resort Release today and learn for free how their timeshare Share Exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract. They've helped thousands of people, and they're A-plus rated with a BBB. So if you feel scammed, get mad, and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now, guaranteed. Call N-O-W. 800-804-7060. 800-804-7060. That's 800-804-7060. The morning after. Nick Foles, who's the magic man. The most all, clutch quarterback of all time. All, Relax, Michelle. All the guy does is win. This is Nick Foles we're talking about, Yes, right? this is Nick Foles. This well, is, BDN, this, this a.k.a. This Nick is Nick Foles. Foles, the defending Super Bowl MVP. Yes. Career's record is probably not over 500. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowls quarterback. Well, he yes, just led do. the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs again. He just saved them again. again. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Back on FST, Thursday edition, Mike Blue to George Kurtz. I'm at Mike Blue at George is at George Kurtz. And if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to Bet DSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your DFS skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports politics and reality TV or get an edge. With live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways that you can make money. So use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. So let me do one thing I wanted to do, George, is some player props which we usually get here. Yeah, player props. Here we go. All right. Let me see what we got here. All right. You ready? I'm ready, Mike. Okay. We're going to do the first game first because I forgot to do it. Andrew Luck passing yards since you love him so much. 287 and a half. It's a lot. That is a lot, but I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball all that much here. So I think it's going to be a lot of throwing here from Andrew Luck. I'm going over. And Deshaun Watson, 251 and a half. Two for, oh, man, I wish that was a little higher. That sounds really about right uh, for the, Deshaun Watson. I think they're going to be you trailing. Want, you said he wanted to be a little higher, so you, you would take the under if it was higher. I, want, yeah, cause I, really, I, think he's, I don't think he's going to throw for as much as Luck. I think Luck's going over 300. I think Watson around 250 is about right. I'm still going to go over here because I'm going to go with the theory that they'll be trailing. Lamar Miller is not going to be able to do all that much. They're going to have to throw as well. Yeah. But I hate uh, it. I'll give, I'll give you DeAndre Hopkins 92 and a half receiving yards. I don't know. Man, I feel, I feel like an over machine here. 
Uh, it's DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, even though I believe he should be double-covered every damn play, either safety over the top or bracketing him or both. Uh, ah, over. Okay. And let's do the other game. By the way, you, so you like the Colts. I like the Colts. We both like the over. Uh, I like the Hawks, uh, but I would wait. I don't like you. <laughs> do you. Right now, would you take the Cowboys minus one? Uh, I, I truly have it as a 50-50 game. I said I think it's going to be that coin flip game. I think it's going to be whichever team makes the least amount of mistakes. Uh, and generally, that's not the Cowboys, but uh, it's at home. I think it's an even uh, game. I think uh, Dallas is the better team. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Last time they had a home playoff game, I attended it, George. Did not go your way. Yeah, I remember, Mike. I was working it's with you, not, Mike. <laughs> no, it did not go your way. No. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're not going to this game. They, they, I think the Cowboys, is in Jerry's world, I think they're right at 500 now. All time, at home. Yeah, it's, like uh, but this, this, year, this season's been different, though. They've been better at they home have, this season. Yeah, they've so, caught up. They were a few games below 500, yeah. and I think they're like right at 500, maybe a game over now uh, since, in Jerry's world since it opened. And uh, Dak's numbers are better at home than on the road, so go. They are. You know, hey, that's not he had a couple of monster games at the end of the year, dude. That was crazy. It helped. Dak bounced me out of playoffs. That that doesn't that hurt to say. <laughs> it does. It, then Amari Cooper Dak game crushed me. I mean, Dak I got smoked me out of the playoffs. Yep, he did. That was a, the he Philadelphia did. game? Yeah. Demar Cooper went crazy. The fourth quarter was insane. He's, I mean, he hasn't reached receivers. those numbers since, by the way, combined. Zach had threw for 400 yards. It was unbelievable. I mean, it all happened in the fourth quarter. I was like, what the hell happened in this game? I'm sitting there watching it. There's 10 minutes left, and everybody starts running all over the field like it's a Big 12 football game. It was ridiculous. Anyway. Russ Wilson uh, passing yards, 235 and a half. It's pretty low, but that's where his totals have been this year. Yeah, it's because Seattle's going to want to run the ball. The problem is Dallas is good against the run, so I think Russell is going to have to throw. I'll take the over there as well. And let me do one more. I'll do, well, I'll do two more. Chris Carson rushing yards, 78 and a half. I'm going to go under. And now Zeke. Can I get a Zeke? I want the Zeke combo. Yeah. Zeke uh, scrimmage yards, 128 and a half. That would have to be a good game, but scrimmage yards, so rushing, receiving. That would be a really good Uh, game, but they'll need that to win. They will. You're right. Uh, You know, when you you started saying Zeke, the first thing went through my mind is, okay, 92 and a half probably rushing yards. That's about what I have. Yeah, they'll get somewhere around 100. Now you're asking for another 30 yards receiving. Not easy. Not easy at all here. Uh, I want to peek how his game plan is going to be. Stop Zeke, force Dak to throw. I think it will. I'm going to go under. You know what's funny? You and I, we did the show. We had the longest-running show on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We did the Saturday morning show for a year and a half straight. Didn't miss a show. Um, and through all of it, there was this narrative and I don't know that we ever talked about it specifically, but there was a narrative of like, well, Zeke doesn't really have a, a pass-catching skill set. And I would always be like, I don't really know. I, I would like quietly think, I don't really know if that's true. And then sure enough, they start throwing the ball. Guess what, George? He can catch. And I, it, that narrative was created out of thin air. He's a, an extremely versatile, one of the most talented backs in the whole league. And it, by the way, the offense opened up to the point where they needed it. Now they added Amari too, 
But Zeke has shown himself to be an extremely well-rounded back. Well, you know, you and I discussed this yesterday uh, about you know whether it's uh, whose fault is it for the Cowboys' offensive troubles this season, and may, you know, I said maybe we shouldn't be blaming Scott Linehan and/or Jason Garrett. Maybe they know Dak's limitations, and by by that I mean that he's not good at throwing the ball down the field. He's not. That's it's fairly easy to see if you watch the games. He he can't throw the ball down the field with any kind of accuracy. So that means the shorter passing game has to take control, and that means more throws for Ezekiel Elliott. And maybe it just took them a couple of seasons to realize they have to get Elliott more involved. And he has no problems catching the ball. He's actually very good at it. I'm not going to tell you he's, he's a Saquon Barkley at it or Alvin Kamara, but he's a good uh, receiving back. He certainly doesn't have hands of stone here. So I think you're gonna, you will see him being used in that, uh, in that format again. But uh, if I'm Pete Carroll, uh, I mean, I'm not letting Ezekiel Elliott beat me. If Dak Prescott can do it, hey, that's fine. My past defense has been pretty good all season long. Been better than we thought it would be. I am not letting. I'm just not. Just like the same thing with Indianapolis. I'm not letting DeAndre Hopkins beat me. If I'm losing, if I'm going out in one game, it's because somebody else did it. Deshaun Watson does it to, you know, Cutie or Vincent Smith, fine. You know, if Dak Prescott can do it, if he can get the ball to Cooper or if Cole Beasley beats me, such is life. I am in playoffs. I am just so against when teams are pretty much one dimensional. They have one great player. I do not want that player to beat me. Uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let me see if I get one more player prop from this game. So we talked about we're talking about Dak so much. Um, let me get Dak's total. Dak passing yards, two thirty-eight and a half. I'll go under. And Dak rushing yards, only 19 and a half. He doesn't run like crazy, but uh, Russell I'm Wilson. I'm going over. I think, I think they're going to have to run him. I know that, you're right. That was a strange with Dak. Some weeks he runs, some weeks he doesn't. Shouldn't he yeah. be running every damn week? I mean, he doesn't, I he's know, not. Because I, like, I feel like it's hypocritical if we say that because he, he's a big dude and everything, but it, it, there's just Russell Wilson is the anomaly where, like, he's he's a smaller quarterback. But he has – he's extremely athletic in that he knows how to get about, out of bounds. He has awareness. He's a baseball player, so he knows how to slide better than all of them. So he really is the exception to the rule. Some of these other guys just get crushed. I've seen it happen to Lamar Jackson a few times, and he's a lot slighter than Russell Wilson is. And I, I just – even if the guy is big – look, Cam Newton wore down this year because he was getting hit too much. I just don't want to put my guy out there like that. I'm not talking about the uh, way these guys sometimes run, but there should be some design runs here. Yeah, he should be scrambling out more. They should be. Uh, I would do better it. Yes. At that. The game-winning pass against the Giants came on a scramble to his left. That seems to be when he's best when he's he's running and he's not thinking. I think uh, as far as that concerned. So I'm going to take the over here than uh, the 19. I think that was going to open up the offense somewhat, as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, so well, that's it. So we do those two games. We'll, I'll leave the uh, Sunday games for tomorrow. Dane Martinez back on with George, uh, back on with me. Uh, George, it's good to be here with you, buddy. We appreciate appreciate you being on these shows, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Uh, always, Mike. Always fun to work with you, Mike. Where, where was Dane? Was Dane in L- uh, Was he in L.A., California? I think so. I think he was uh, vacationing or, or some sort of family wedding or something like that. I don't know. I, I can't keep track of that guy. He's all over the place. Man, if him, I don't. I don't want to come back if I'm him. God. Nice. I know. Cold here. I know. And, ha- and it hasn't even. We haven't even hit the brutal uh, part of the winter yet. But you know, I'll leave you got leave you all with one final stat. 
In 2018, league-wide passing numbers trended at a record pace as the marks for passer rating at a 92.9. Completion percentage at 64.9. Touchdown passes at 847 were all records. So that completion percentage, George, if your starting quarterback has a 65% completion percentage, he's right on average. That ain't good anymore. You need to be a Drew Brees 74% if you're going to impress anybody. All right, folks, we're out. Talk to you tomorrow on a football Friday. George, thanks for being with me. We'll talk to you tomorrow.